And there we go, ladies and gentlemen. As we're beginning this podcast, it's split into two. So part one, you'll be listening to me interview Iggy Huben, the PSV wonder kid who's looking forward to breaking forward into the first team. And part two is when we're going to be talking all about the UEFA Champions League group stages. Stick around for part one with Iggy Huben and stick around for part two for the Champions League review. Thank you very much and enjoy this week's podcast. Oh, and if you hear us talking about part one and part two in the second part of the podcast, we didn't know which order it was going to go on. So yeah, we're going to be talking about part one with Iggy Huben and part two, we're going to be talking about the Champions League. So ignore us talking about all of that. Thank you and enjoy the show. And there we go. We are back again for another fantastic episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack and a very special episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. Um, this is something that I've been looking forward to for quite a while now. So I'm looking forward to having a conversation with um, one of the one of the top upcoming players in Dutch football and potentially even European football as well. So he's a player that is currently playing as a right winger at the moment for the Netherlands under-19 squad and for uh, the PSV's youth team as well. So I'm looking forward to speaking to um, our friend today, Iggy. So Iggy Huban, did I pronounce your name correctly, Iggy? Yes, man. Yes, you're Brilliant. good. How are you today, Iggy? Good to hear from I'm you. I'm good. I'm good. Feeling good. Feeling uh, fresh and just happy. That's good to hear. That's very yes. good to hear as well. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about yourself, better than I kind of did this just there as well. I want to, I want to learn a bit more about you before we carry on with the podcast today. Like so, as a person or as a player? As both, if that's all right. As both, okay. Yeah. Um, Iggy Huber, 17 years old, playing at PSV since I was 12 years old and playing there. So uh, always be always be the wide winger, left foot kind of playing style. I uh, I developed since a young age. So uh, always be uh, looking for goals, looking for assists, dribbles, be creative. And um, the, since the under-14s, there was a national team. Until now, I I was there every uh, activation, every match. I missed nothing. And PSV, uh, PSV also always played on a, on a higher team, higher than my age average. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a good road until now. Still, still going. Just uh, looking for what's the best now. Definitely. No, it's going to be really good to see how your future carries on because like you said, you've been a mainstay in the PSV youth system as well. You've got into the Netherlands youth system as well. And it's an exciting time to be a Dutch fan. So um, as a neutral, I'm looking at some of these young players coming through Ajax and PSV, Feyenoord as well. I'm a Manchester United fan myself, Iggy. So to see Tyrell Malassia come through, I'm really excited to see how he does. Yeah, believe me. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, and um, um, Cody Gapko as well is a fantastic player. Ryan Gravenberch, I had the opportunity of watching him. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Lots of exactly. fun, lots of fun talent ahead, and hopefully with you to join that in the next couple of years as well. That would be really good to see. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, goes. that's the goal, man. That's the De- goal. Definitely. Uh, first things first. I wanted to ask you a bit about how you were as a footballer growing up. Were you always a winger? Were you always an attacking player? Were you always kind of the best player in your teams um, locally? How did it kind yeah. of go for you, Iggy? Yeah, I was uh, started like when I was when I was eight years. Yeah, I went for my uh, I went for my amateur club to to like a pro level. What do you see? You know that club, maybe small yeah. small club in the Netherlands. And um, since I was eight until twelve, I played there. First, I was a left back. Oh, really? On a small pitch, I was the left back. Mm. Coach, uh, coach was telling me in my first season there as a young kid, was telling me 
you're physically strong, but technical technically you you have to develop. You're not on the uh, not on the the level yet. So uh, that hit me. That hit me like I want. I developed my technically so much, like training drills, dribbles, actions, everything I did in like period of one two years to become technically better. And from that point, I went to a. I went to a striker, number 10, at a small field too. But uh, yeah, I went from a different position. Then the bigger field came. I became a striker. Mm-hmm. But like, I walked where I wanted. So I walked in at number 10, on the wing, everywhere, you know. And uh, like like that, I uh, was scouted at PSV. I played when I was 10, 11 years old. I played in the, on, the, on the 14s. Then I was scouted. And uh, going to PSV as a striker, you know. Oh. So the first, first, first kind of games I played as a as a nine. But I was I was not. It was like two or three games, and I played good. It was good, but I felt like I felt like I have to to play on the, on a different position to get more into the ball to be more involved in the game, you know. Yeah. So so I went to the coach. I said I want to be I want to be a wide winger. Yeah. So uh, I played three games in the nine, and then uh, I went to the to the white side, and I never and, and I developed there in like one year, one one two years, and I became a real uh, winger, still playing there right now. So like Fantastic. that. So that's your home for the time being, and you're happy as a right winger, as a left footed player, cutting in and then dribbling against the left back and defending. Yeah, right. exactly. Like not the. Like the options you have is, is is huge. You can dribble inside and shoot. You can dribble inside and give a cross. You can uh, outside and a cross with wide. You can go inside and uh, and like a ball to the striker. You can get into the midfield as an extra num- as extra number ten. You can play with your with your wing back, so you can give it with him. You can go outside more. and do a Travella cross exactly. as well. Like you can is. you can uh, be more dynamic. That's what what I liked. And yeah, I I developed there. Still, I need to still do that, still do more and be more, uh, yeah, more aggressive and more goals. Keep going like this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now I'm looking forward to seeing that as well because PSV are in the uh, Europa League this season as well. So it's going to be looking yeah. like they could be looking at rotating some of the players. You could get an opportunity later in the season as well. Match day five and match day six is normally when a team would like rest some players and bring some youth players in. So yeah. there's a lot of opportunity there as well, Iggy, I think, going forward. And with Ruud van Nistelrooy as the coach who likes to promote youth, um, he was the under-18s manager, wasn't he, once upon a time? Yeah, he was manager of me. Oh, you managed you? Yeah, man. You've yeah. been managed by Ruud van Nistelrooy, my football yes. hero. Yeah. yeah oh, man. wow. Come on, you have, to talk, you have to talk to me about that. How, how was he as a coach? How was he as a he manager? Was, to be fair, he was amazing. He is amazing. Like... Mm. Not not even as a coach, it's a person too. Okay. I was I was fifteen years old playing at under seventeens and um like Corona came. So I went early to under eighteens. So I was fifteen years old, going to the under eighteens, young player, youngest of the squad. And um I just felt he is so so relaxed, such such a really good good man. And just the passion for football, yes, yes, he had and has is is amazing. So we had a 
a nice season. We we couldn't play matches though. So only training was the Corona season. Oh, but Corona he season. Helped, yeah, yeah. He helped me a lot. You know, I, I can remember after every training, we uh, we had some attacking good drills and stuff, and just I I had a really nice period with uh, with him. So after that, he went to Young PSV. I stayed in the under eighteen, of course. So, uh, but I had a good uh, good relationship with him. He's what was really the best nice. piece of advice that Rude Van Nistelrooy gave you, Iggy? Let me guess. Wait. Um. Yeah, it was like touching the ball when you shoot on on target on mm. goal. Um, it has to do with the the way you you get behind the ball, you know. So yeah. it's not always the hit. It's like how how your body movement is is going behind before you hit the ball. Like okay, like how you're turning, how you like that's deciding how you how you hit the ball. So that's what I can remember. It's it's a long time ago, you know. No, that's <laughs> but, okay. Because uh, he used to remember. do that as as a player himself. He used to adjust his body straight away when he was trying to shoot. So it wasn't always his foot yeah. that he would move. It'd be the whole body. So you got the angle right as well, which is. Uh, really refreshing to see how it goes as well. So yeah. that must be so cool as well for him being a, a Netherlands legend as well, PSV legend to be taught by him um, going yeah. forward as well. It just shows that you've got the motivation there to be working with him in the first team, man. It could happen anytime soon, Iggy, which is really exciting to see as well. Yeah, man. Exactly. Hopefully. Definitely. Hopefully. Um, but no, how's your season going so far? So we know that you're working with the Netherlands under uh, the youth team in the Netherlands and the youth team in PSV. How's it going yeah. for you so far in this really long season that we've got um, with the World Cup in November and everything? How's it going? Yeah, man. It's like um, I started the pre-season in Young PSV, okay. like the, the team. So I scored, a, scored some goals, gave, gave some assists, had a good a good time. After that, the competition started. I went back to the to the under-19s, under-18s for, for like uh, the games. Uh, scored scored almost in every match in it, like five five in a row or something. Okay. Was in was then the under eighties was playing preseason, so there were friendly matches, but I scored five in a row. Nice. Uh, at competition level, uh, we we played two now two so two games one one goal, and uh, and now it's the call up for the national team in the nineties. So uh, so yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of lot of friendly and also competition games uh, a lot of goals and now the colorful under 19s also has been a highlight so you've done under but there's 17. a lot of work to do so yeah i have to to play many more matches at psv many more goals and uh, after the world cup hopefully again with the national team uh, in the 90s absolutely yeah because it goes to show how you've been working with these youth teams for such a long period of time you're doing everything right going forward but you've got the mentality from what i've heard from you already that you have to do better you need to be better because you need to be a a proper household name you need to be a better quality player and i'm yeah, loving that from you as well it's, it's going like, to be so it's fun. like the it's like the um the mindset is different because when you when you do something good you play a good match um I learned from coaches like you're you are you are even as good as your last training session, you know. So I I had for for example last season 
when I scored two and give assist in one match, the match after that, it's it's like a new game, you know. When you yeah. play bad, you got you you know you have to always every every match and every training you have to to deliver, and that's that's the on this level that's the that's the most uh, that's different. That's what makes it special. The biggest clubs yeah. you have to deliver every time, like whatever happens last time, you have to deliver tomorrow. No, I love that because it just goes to show if you don't deliver, there's always someone else behind you waiting to take over your position. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's, just, it's just about getting better week in, week out, day in, day out. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes going forward as well. And I wanted to talk to you a bit more about your aspirations in the Netherlands team. So first of all, when you first, so like your hopes in the, in the Netherlands team. So yeah. like, um, first of all, how was it representing your country? That must have been a very proud experience for yourself and for your family. Yeah, well. it's the most it's the most beautiful thing ever happened. I I have now twenty six caps. Yeah, one of the most since what I told you since the youngest team until now. Okay, twenty six caps, six goals, eight assists. So uh, it's been a lot of really good games against Italy, against England, against Belgium, against Spain, against Portugal, against Colombia. Germany, really, really nice games, high level, uh, with the with the best and really nice players around you, best coaches. Just it's just the feeling. I guess it's it's kind of like the same as in the first team. Yeah, man. Because it was last year, wasn't it? When you had that that competition in Spain, wasn't it? The Pinata yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's yeah, yeah, against yeah. against the teams you um, mentioned as well. Um, yeah, it was was a really good tournament. I scored two. I scored against Belgium, the winner, three two in the last minute, fully. Mm. And against the no, that was against England. Yeah, that, against, the England against, one. That's that's where I recognize you from as well. Yeah, for goodness sake. And uh, Belgium was uh, also the in the final. I scored and we won. We won the tournament right there. So that was was really nice. It was really good right there. But just the the national anthem, like when it's when it's it's going on, I. It's not it's a feeling you can describe, you know. Yeah. It's the honor. <laughs> it's an honor. And I'm I'm quite excited at the fact that you scored a last minute goal against England, for goodness sake. So again, me being a British guy, I'm just kind of there like, yeah, this is just classic England. They can do it at the top level and lose last minute defeats and draws, and they do it at youth level as well. So it's in the mentality of England that <laughs> to be fair, to England has a England has a really good squad. Mm. But but to win you have another blood in you, bro. <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> to ever win, you have, you need some. You need some. I don't know. It's so spicy in it. <laughs> England that doesn't have that. <laughs> exactly. I think probably if we had like a, a starting lineup of Saka, Sterling, and Kane, then we'd be okay. But having like Mount or Grealish, they're not as good as they can be. And even with our midfield as well, Rice and Calvin Phillips or Rice and Ward Prowse, they're not the best of players to have. And like you said, it's not as spicy as it can be. There's not a lot of flavour and there's not I a like, lot of variety. I like um, Jude Bellingham. Oh, Jude Bellingham. He must be an inspiration for you as well with how young he played at Birmingham City going to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, not only well. not only the, the performance, just the mentality. When yeah. every player of the England national team is, has the mentality of Jude Bellingham, they can become really far in the World Cup to be fair we have Harry Maguire Iggy so we're not really going far with Harry Maguire <laughs> I'm sorry to say I'm a Man United fan but I'm sorry to say Harry Maguire at centre-back I'm not confident at all really not confident at all 
Because if you're yeah. looking at some of the strikers that we could be facing, the likes of Neymar, Vinicius, you're looking at someone like Brazil, Mbappe. Brazil is going to be really good this 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 year. This year, I guess. Their attacking players are ridiculous. Like like you're talking about yourself as a right winger who's left footed. The likes of Rafinha, the likes of Anthony. I know he's an Ajax rival, but they're quality yeah. players to be looking at. As yeah, well. of course. Dembele yeah. for France as well. Fantastic player who can cut uh, in. He can play on both feet as well. He's got the technicality to do it in different ways as well. Yeah. The players going to, going to the World Cup, Vicky, who are two or three players that you really admire or who you look up to as a footballer? Um, like, of course, Neymar. Mm. Neymar, like you're asking me my three favourite players or just players I look into? You look into. So you look and you learn from them as well. Of course, Neymar for yeah. me. Neymar is just... Oh my goodness! It's like <laughs> it's just damn, damn. This yeah, guy can yeah. take on anyone one on one. That's gonna be crazy um, to see. I was looking at Memphis. Okay, Memphis the buy former PSV player as well. Yeah, it's like it's like a lion. I love mm. that. And just looking at my position, always watching. You know the wide wingers of just watching uh, Rafinha. Mm. Anthony, Dembele, Leo Sane, uh, Bukayo Saka, maybe Saka, yeah, yeah, okay, not as much. Let, me, as much. let me be fair, let mm. me be fair. Like, Saka has potential, mm. but you can't, like, when you when I say Anthony, Ofinia, Dembele, like, left foot, you know, Saka's Team right, Maria, another one as well. Di huh? Maria as well for Argentina. Yeah, yeah. Saka is like good, but he's he's not the the, the main for me. You know? Yeah, he's someone you know to I mean? look at in terms of his because he's so small and so slight as well. He hasn't got the weight on him. He's not um strong as a, the other players. He does well with his positioning. Which I, 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 find I, quite like, fascinating. I like him really much. I like him really much. But I think see he's le- he's he's a right footed, right? Left. He's left. Is left footed and he plays he's, on the right wing. In my in my eyes, he's always going outside or something. I I don't know. It's good. He's, his, it's good. With his I, right I, foot I, I didn't. I, I don't see him a lot of going cut inside and shooting and stuff. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> nah, it's, a good, Saka's it's, a, it's a good player, but with Anthony Saka and Rafinha, Saka's what? definitely great. Yeah, he's definitely. Yeah, I do. I but but I don't uh, understand why is uh, Rashford and Sancho not in the squad to be. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. We've only got, what, a month left before the World Cup, a month and a bit before our squad gets announced, and you're looking at Sancho and Rashford being omitted, and Sancho's one of our best technical wingers that we have as well, and Rashford just gives yeah. something different to what the likes of Jack Grealish would give as well. Jack Rashford Grealish. is just the, the second striker. Exactly. So you, you need Sterling, Sancho, Saka, Rashford, Kane, Grealish. That's six. Yeah. Then Foden will just be as a midfielder. Then instead, he can he doesn't yeah, have to play that exactly. far forward. Can and control the game choose, better from below. When I have to choose, Greedy's is out. <laughs> yeah, literally, Southgate is not the one for us as well. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the Netherlands now, actually, because you got Louis Van Gaal back as your manager for the main team in, in the Netherlands as well. He took your team to the semi-final in 2014. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this current squad that you've got? Because I'm quite excited by it. I was excited in. Yeah, uh, Euro too. 2020 as well, with the likes of Gravenberch coming through, yeah. Lick coming through. Van Dijk was injured, but now it's fully fit. Um, what's your first thoughts on it? How far do you think the Netherlands can go, Iggy? I think they can come really far mm. because because of Van Gaal. 
right? Yeah. Because he's experienced really much. The kind of way he teach the 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 players is is just different. I I I guess I guess it's just different. I hope everyone when everyone is fit, so the team is complete in the five three two system. The Netherlands can be like a dark horse. Yeah, you know what I mean. Hundred like the team was difficult to beat. Like Italy was at the European Championship. Like not not the main. Not the main uh, country where you think it's gonna win, but like a country who can come really far, like Croatia and in eighteen, like England in eighteen as well. Like like England, we in had 18, the easiest yeah. run in history as well. The first time we play a good team, Croatia, we lose against them as well. So it goes to show how we were so lucky in that. You guys as well. keep doing shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Look at our group. We've got Iran, Wales, and the USA. If we don't qualify from that group. It's just embarrassing, but we should qualify and we'll get a difficult team coming forward as well. But yeah, I think with the team that you should... have as well, you must be what? so excited with the attacking players that you got the Cody Gapko, Memphis Depay, who you said as well, Bergwijn, um, going yeah. forward, and Workhouse as a like a as like a second type of player as well, like a target man that you could just long ball football as well, which will work. With yeah, exactly. Blind at the back, Ake was I think I think they have like the completely the completely attacking. What you want to have, yeah. So uh, when everyone is fit and healthy, Netherlands can be really good. Can be really good. but this they on with with Rangal, they never lost a match, eh? Yeah. So uh, it's it's just facts. <laughs> I think it's with the fact that you've got such a good setup with your team as well. Like Van Hal will make the system work for everyone, which he did in two thousand fourteen, and is doing I it now. I think he well. just let players feel that. Everyone is important. Exactly. What he it's did like, in, in 2014 is, yeah, was I, I think it's just a special coach. And from the players that you're looking at as well, which three players from the Netherlands side are you are you very excited about watching in the World Cup? Three? Three. Just three. Um, Timber. Julian mm. Timber. Yeah, he's someone that I One wanted to see at Man United. Yeah, like, because he'll be as a centre back, won't he? Because you got Dumfries at right back, isn't it? Or right wing. Yeah, back, he's right. the right centre back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, left back, left back, Malasia. I hope he plays. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you no know, Van Dijk, Van De Jong, Depay. I'm, I know, I, I know them, so mm. I don't. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, and I guess Bergwijn, Steven because Bergwijn. of he. He's like everyone knows him in England too. Everyone knows him, but I think he has he has still more potential in him than you guys all know. You know what I mean? 100%. He didn't. He he wasn't at Tottenham. He did good things, and he is still uh, really good. But I think he can be at the World Cup shining and become next level. Definitely. No, I'm looking I forward hope. to that as well. I'm looking forward to watching Brian Brobby play as well. I'm looking forward to seeing him and Ryan Gravenberch play personally because yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. They have exactly. that X factor for me. They have that something different because Gravenberch can just take on um, the players. If you have Gravenberch yeah. um, and De Jong in midfield, that's a scary midfield for anyone in yeah in European football. So it's going to see how if they play them together. If Gravenberch starts from the bench, that would be quite serious to see as well. And if you've got Brian Brobby coming from the bench as a backup strike as well with Depay or Bergwijn starting, it goes to show that you can play a different type of football. He can hold it down. 
slow the game down as well. Really exciting to see. I'm really excited to see how it goes going yeah. forward for the Netherlands, which will be pretty good. Um, but yeah, speaking of the Netherlands as well, on to the next part of our uh, chat, Iggy. Um, this is where we normally ask our guests to compete with us in a five-a-side team. So this is a five-a-side team for the Netherlands where I'll be um, suggesting to you, if you had to pick five players from the Netherlands, yeah. past or present, um, you can pick them in. You can pick a past goalkeeper or... if you want. You can you can so go without past a goalkeeper. Or present. Like yeah. one goalkeeper, four players, past or present. Uh, you don't have to put a goalkeeper in, actually. Let's change the rule a bit. If you want to put a defender and just have him in as like a rush goalie, perfectly fine. So it's okay. So remember, every player that you pick, I can't pick. So I have to try and combat you as well. So um, the choice is yours. So Who do you want I'm to start playing with? with five Netherlands players. Yeah, and I'm also playing with five Netherlands players as well. So um, automatically, I'm losing unless I pick five really good players as well, because I'm not as good as you, obviously. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes again. Okay, Johan Cruyff. Johan Cruyff, you're going first. Okay, so you're going for the best ever Netherlands player of all time. Damn it. So who can I come back with you with? So you're going for Johan Cruyff. I'll Johan go Cruyff, for Marco yeah. Van Basten. Um, Dennis Bergkamp. You're going for Dennis Bergkamp. Uh, I'm going to go for Robin Van Persie. Um... Wesley Schneider. Wesley Schneider. Oh, what a fantastic player he is. So he's someone that you're looking at Schneider, you're looking at Burkamp feeding Johan Cruyff as well. So you're playing the best type of football as well, which is really good to see. I will <laughs> go for Memphis Depay. So I'm putting Memphis Depay in my team as well. Um, and then so I've got Van Basten, I've got Van Persie, you've got uh, Memphis Depay. So we're already looking quite good at either side as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing who you've got next um, in your team. Frankie Dion. Oh, you're going for Frankie. Should I be that classic Man United player and go for Virgil? Um, should I go for... I'll go for Ruud van Nistelrooy. No, I don't go for Ruud van Nistelrooy. I'm going for Arjen Robin. I'm going for Robin for me. I need to put Robin in my team. And I'm going for last one. Uh, let me guess. I think. Wait. It's a tough uh, one, isn't it? You got Frankie De Jong, Dennis Burkamp, Wesley Schneider, and Johan Cruyff. I'm going for uh, Yapstam. Oh, you idiot! Sorry, I, I was going for Yapstam as well, so I can't go for Yapstam now. Damn it! Yeah, I was. I was. Man United. Doubting about Stam and uh, Ronald Koeman. Do you know who I'm going to go for? I'm not going to go for a defender. I'm going to go for a midfielder that we both missed out on. And I'm a really big fan of him. Clarence Seedorf. So Clarence Seedorf was Oh, I would say him. I wanted to say him because of uh, Frankie de Jong at the first time. But I was thinking, nah, I need to some I need some creative in the five, five side, you know. So Seedorf is at holding the, it down. 11 me. against 11. I would definitely choose to close Seedorf. Or not 100%. to do De Jong and Clarence Seedorf in that team would be incredible. So I've got Seedorf. But Seydorf, on the five-a-side, I need creative, creativity. I need someone to clean up the back so everyone can be creative up front. So I've gone for Clarence <laughs> Seedorf, gone for Ian Robin, I've gone for Robin Van Persie, I've gone for Marco Van Basten. Who's the other player that I picked? So I've gone for Seedorf, Robin, RVP, Van Basten. I didn't go for Van Nistroy. I didn't go for Schneider. You went for Schneider. Who is the other player I went for, Iggy? 
I've done I've done Van Persie, I've done Robin, I've done Van Basten. I had Quaif, uh, Burkamp, Snyder, Frank de Jong, and Yabstam. That's right. So I went for Depay instead. So I went for Depay, Van Basten, RVP, Robin, and Schneider. So uh, Sadov, sorry. And you went for Yapstam, who's literally going to kill all my attackers. Frankie de Jong, who's going to beat the press as well. Um, I think Frankie de Jong would be really good on a five-a-side pitch, like in these little cages that you'd be playing. Frankie de Jong, Johan Quaif, Dennis Bergkamp. Some creativity. Resley Schneider as well. Ballon d'Or nominated once upon a time. So you've got the quality right there, which is really good. Because I could go, I could be biased and go for like Daily Blind or Ruud van Nistelrooy's former Man United I think, players. But I think I would win this vote. <laughs> I think you would win as well. I think I think it's looking quite good on there. My team is very good. Um, it's just the fact that you picked the better players. Because I could have gone for someone. Actually, no, I'm not going to go for Virgil van Dijk. Being a Man United fan, I'll leave van Dijk. Someone else can pick him if they wanted to as well. Um, but you've definitely picked the best ever player from the Netherlands in Johan Cruyff as well. Dennis Burkamp, what a player as well. So we've gone for the best players possible, Wiki. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the audience thinks is the better team. But when we put this out on social media for a poll when it comes around, it'll be good to see who actually wins, which will be very good indeed. Um, but yeah, coming up to the end of the podcast now, Wiki, I just wanted to know a bit more about um, what your plans were for the rest of the season. What, what are your ambitions for the rest of the season, Wiki? Uh, like... Like hopefully playing a lot at the at the at the Odyssey U, U team, mm-hmm. so I can develop and be like preparing myself for the for the uh for the older guys for the uh, adult football, you know. Yeah. So like for the first half of the season, that's my goal: just developing, just keep going, just keep pushing, and after that, I will see what's the best for me. Uh, to to look into the future, but just trying to focus week on week. So I'm not looking uh, looking more uh, far from that. You will see what happen what will happen in the future. I'm looking forward to it, Iggy. It's going to be a good time ahead this season as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you do at PSV and what you do at the Netherlands as well. Because especially when the World Cup's off as well, it will go to show how much you work when the World Cup's on, and then you get to see how much you improve when all of the players who are at the World Cup, then come back. They'll be a lot more exhausted, a lot more tired. So your yeah. time could come sooner rather than later, Iggy. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Thank you. No, you're very Thanks welcome. So um, But no, this is the end of the podcast now, Iggy. I just wanted to um, leave this for you. So if you wanted anyone to follow you on social media or you wanted anyone to watch anything that's coming it's out. It's coming on Spotify or YouTube? It will be on Spotify and YouTube. So I'm going to post this oh. out around November time okay. um, when the World Cup's coming as well. So when you've got more people looking at the Netherlands team as well. I'll yeah, exactly. You got, how, how many subscribers do you have on uh, YouTube? Like 211. So we've okay. done well so far. We're doing okay. And because we talk about mental health as well, we talk about mental health and we talk about football. Mental health is a good thing, bro. Yeah, it's a really big thing. And it's something that it's, we want to improve. It's my strength. Well. It's, my, it's my strength, believe me. Perfect. Is my... But, that's, um, a, that's the title thank for you the so... podcast now. The mental health is my strength. Good, good. Good, good end. <laughs> At uh, Iggy Huben, Instagram, TikTok. That's my social media plot, uh, social media points. Thank you for listening. Keep following. Your name of your account? Friday Night Counter Attack. Friday Night Counter Attack. Yes. Keep following, keep pushing, and hopefully a beautiful World Cup for England and the Netherlands as well. Yeah. Thank you so More much. More hope than expectation for England. But no, <laughs> thank you very much, Iggy, for that wonderful. Thank you outcome. so much. See you. Yeah just want to say thank you very much for everyone that's listened to us over the past 97 episodes which is unbelievable 
this week we had the luxury of actually being in, um, invited and being a being a finalist for the Asian Media Awards 2022. So we were one of two sports podcasts that got nominated. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but I'm ever so proud of our efforts. I'm ever so proud of how we've achieved this. And it's all thanks to everyone listening. So I do have to say thank you very much for listening, um, for sharing, for literally just being a part of our community. And we absolutely adore you um, from the bottom of our hearts as well. So I just wanted to say to everyone, thank you very much for helping me grow this channel for helping us grow this channel and for helping to be a part of something bigger and hopefully it can become a lot bigger as well so um god willing we're going to be doing well inshallah we'll be doing okay as well but we're going to be talking about the champions league first things first as well so obviously you all know i went to the champions league game inter milan versus Bayern Munich match day one with adil so adil you're back again how are you doing salam alaikum again. it's good to see you i'm doing you. good i'm doing good thank you do you know how bad it was when you went to watch Inter Milan versus Bayern Munich and we're like, ah, oh, they're going to the Europa League. We're not going to see them go through. What a waste of time. And I'm just like, we saw Leroy Sané score a sick goal, so I'm cool with it. So it's all good. We saw the wrong game at the San Siro. We actually did see the wrong game at the San Siro. Should have gone to Barcelona again. <laughs> we should have repeated history. <laughs> Literally, the, the, video, the picture from the back of Adam's background, if anyone's watching this as well at the time, is when we went to watch Inter Milan versus Barcelona and we watched a game where, where they drew 1-1. So I'm just kind of there like, you know what, man? We did actually mess up. But I don't mind. We saw we saw Bayern Munich there. They did really, really well. Um, but everyone listening today, for the first half an hour, like we said, we're going to be talking about the group stages of the Champions League. Uh, Man United just drew to Real Sociedad, so I don't need to talk about Man United at all. The Premier League, we don't need to talk about because the Premier League is going to be so too self-explanatory. But I want to kind of go into group by group of how this Champions League has come about. First of all, when we were on our flight or when we were, uh, when we were waiting in departures for our trip to um, to Italy, we saw a, quite a few Liverpool fans at the airport as well, going to Italy as well, to mm. Napoli, to Naples. So remember that was the first kind of game that we kind of heard about as well, when Napoli destroyed Liverpool on game Crushed week one. Liverpool. Crazy to see how it's happened and crazy to see how they've actually gone about their business. Napoli finished finishing top of Group A. Liverpool finished second. Uh, Rangers with the worst, worst <laughs> record in Champions League history. Minus 20 goals is insane. That's unbelievable. And Ajax, the team, uh, Eric Ten Hag's team, who were like, oh yeah, he's leaving to go to the Europa League team. Ajax <laughs> are Europa League team now, boy. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes as well. It's going to be good to see Ajax in the Europa League. We may even play them. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Um, but no, your first initial thoughts on Group A, Adil. Napoli, Liverpool, Ajax, Rangers. Who was your standout player from the group? What was your favourite kind of moment from it? And what did you kind of expect, really, um, going forward into the next round of Napoli and Liverpool kind of going into it? And we'll go through the same kind of theme throughout the group. So it's, it's consistent for yourself and for the listener as well. I can't pronounce his name. I've, I've no idea how to pronounce his name. I'm going to have to check it and then Try say it. it slowly. Try it. <laughs> Everyone knows who you're talking about, but literally try it. It's it's just so hard to say his name. You're very good at names. That's the that's the worst thing. You'll say like South African bowlers' names for the first time. You'll be saying New Zealand rugby players' names for the first time. <laughs> but this Georgian wonder kid that everyone knows who you're talking about, Kavicha. Kavaric Kilia. I think it is. Kavaric Kilia. Yeah. Yeah. Kavaric Kilia. He's just, I don't know. Is this because like he's got twinkle toes? 
he reminds me of a power of a Pavel Nedved when you're looking at him. Throwback winger. I think he's very enjoyable to watch. He's very like refreshing of, on the eye as well. The footwork of Messi. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's been the standout player, I think, for me for Napoli. I think it's been enjoyable to watch Napoli play. Um, Napoli 20... have been they've just been, you know. Twenty goals in the group stage. We, we didn't we didn't expect it when that they went out to Italy and we saw those Liverpool fans. Uh, going out to Napoli should be easy should enough be, for them. Yeah, it was all about Jurgen Klopp playing it safe. He's like, no, make yeah. sure you don't go out in the city. You have to stay safe to all these Liverpool fans going about. Which is which yeah, is and we thought, ah, you know, they'll they'll keep they'll win easy one 0 two 0 Instead, they got destroyed, and they've destroyed everyone ever since. Yeah. It's, like, um, it's been unbelievable. We've got a shout out to their did, attacking players as well. Even though they did lose the last game against Liverpool. They, they didn't need to win it anyway. It's yeah. Fine. It's absolutely fine for them. Um, let's go through some of their, their, their key men. Obviously, you're looking at someone like uh, Giovanni Simeone. You're going to look at Raspadori. Uh, obviously, Kovica, Kovaratskelia, Victor Oshimen, who I think Man United should be looking at buying. And someone Zielinski. surprising for me, Zielinski as well. He's been there for years, but I'm glad that he's finally getting his time in the sun. He deserves it. And mm. I want to shout out Tangi Ndombele. My Spurs fans, uh, yeah. friends that are listening as well, I know you lot don't like Tangi Ndombele, but he's been very good. And obviously Zambo Inguisa as well. Literally the guy who didn't do that well at Fulham. Actually looking like prime Yaya Torre in the group stages of the Champions League. And in Serie A as well. Which Lozano is- as well. Lozano is another player they've got that's quite... I don't know what word to use to describe him. Explosive. He is explosive. I mean, hopefully he's in the right form for the World Cup as well and he's in the best form we've seen for a while, which is really good to see. So it's fantastic to really see how Napoli have done. 4-1 winners against Liverpool, 3-0 against Rangers, 6-1 yeah, at the Amsterdam that. Arena, the Johan Cruyff Arena, sorry, against Ajax, 4-2 against Ajax as well, 3-0 against Rangers, and they lost 2-0 to Liverpool as well. So it goes to show that they're literally all there and ready take on any of the big boys in the next round as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing how far Napoli can go. But my question to you is, like I said, we've talked about their key players. We've talked about what's made them so good as well. Where do you think Napoli can finish in this season's Champions League? Semi-final? Quarter-final? Final? I think you've got to see how their form continues after the World Cup. That's going to be your excuse for everything, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard to predict... Mm. It's hard to predict for any team really how they'll come back after the World Cup finishes. Yeah, it's true. It's going to whether be or not they pick up the form that they've been on right now, which is just demolish everyone, or they have a drop off and they can't pick up where they leave off. Lots of teams have dropped off as well, which is crazy to see. Yeah. Uh, Ajax especially as well after losing Eric Ten Hag. <laughs> ah, this is very funny. No Eric Ten Hag, no Champions League for you anymore. But no Anthony Martinez too. That butcher man, what a guy. Um, but yeah, uh, quick thoughts on Liverpool going through to the next round. Do you reckon Darwin Nunes will be in better form going into the um, second half of the Champions League? And do you think he'll be a vital member for them as well um, in their attack? I think they'd like to think he would be a vital member, and mm-hmm. they'd like to think they pick up form. Exactly. But, uh, I still have the jury's still out on him. Yeah. I've I always backed him. I've, I've, I, I, 
I'm, I'm shamelessly backing Darwin Nunes to have a good second half of the season as well. I think that with the World Cup coming up as well, I think being in that Uruguay squad will be a breath of fresh air for him as well. And I genuinely believe that if he comes back from the World Cup after getting to the quarterfinals or something like that with Uruguay, I genuinely believe that he'll have a better uh, season. He'll fit into Klopp's way of playing a lot more as well. And people always forget when people come into a new country, they're still yeah. developing and they're still yeah, getting true. used to the new environment as well. So, yeah, it's not going to be as easy as anyone for, for Erling Haaland. It's going to be difficult for some people like Darwin Nunes, which is the case. Um, I've yet to see something from him that makes me sit back and say, wow. Hmm. I think it's just more at Benfica so far than at Liverpool. Yeah. I think yeah. we're going to have to wait and see for the real Darwin Nunes comes up anytime soon, which will Second be crazy. Half of the season. Exactly. Right, on to uh, Group B. So we've got Porto finishing top. We've got Club Bruges finishing second, who I was very impressed with. This was a surprise group. Bayer Leverkusen, my German team, finishing Oops. third. And Atletico Madrid finishing fourth. Shame on you, Simeone. Anti-football is dead. And I love it. I love seeing uh, uh, Simeone down in the gutter with your awful football today. It's like Real Sociedad playing some anti-football. So yeah. depressing watching them play. Um. But yeah, same as last time, Porto, Club Rouge, Leverkusen. Any kind of play stood out for you in this group from what you're watching? Any kind of games that stood out for you as well? Um, for me personally, I quite like watching Club Rouge, to be fair. I've said it previously on a podcast where I quite enjoyed watching um, Vanaken and Sawa from Club Rouge as well. But I think I do need to kind of shout out Porto for finishing top of this group. They were looking like yeah. they're going to get knocked out. Yeah. Um, Iran's number nine, uh, Mehdi Taremi. Porto's main striker as well, fantastic. Looking at some of these players as well, like Evanilson and Galeno, these Brazilian, literally just dynamic duo that I can see over there as well. It's fantastic mm-hmm. to appreciate this this young talent. And as you know as well, Adil, when you're looking at Portugal, you're looking at some of the next big talent in world football, let alone European football, because they always do it. They always the produce stage as like well. a factory. Yeah. They always take a chance on these South American players and I love to see it because it's fantastic to really see how they kind of go as well. So I'm really happy with this Porto side, but I have to shout out Bayern Leverkusen as well. Literally getting that Europa League um, squad. Javi uh, Alonso, I don't think he's going to be a good manager in the end, but I want to see how Bayern Leverkusen do in the Europa League. But any thoughts from yourself on this group in particular? Did you remember any kind of big games or any big moments? It's a surprise, this group. because like this Atletico Madrid started with a win against Porto hmm. and then they ended it bottom of the group. Exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of, you know, it's against Tide. And it's. I think it serves Simeone right, to be honest, for not playing football the way it should be played. Yeah. For ruining Jao Felix's like, career Felix. as well. Yeah. It's so. He's turned him into like this creative young talent of world football. And turn him into a defensive-minded striker mm. that it's only true. plays on the counter-attack. It's awful to see. We need, need someone to go in there and save him. Yeah, save I hope someone goes in there and just buys him. Eric Ten Hag, you're listening. Save Jao Felix. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Needs to be done. But no, shout out Club Bruges and shout out Porto as well. I hope Porto have a good game um, in the round. Bruges was a surprise, I think. They qualified really early for the second round, didn't they? Yeah. Game week four or five, I think. Yeah. Um, that's when they finished, which is really good. But it's the fact that they beat Atletico Madrid, which is what surprised me yeah, the that most was, as well. That was a shock. Mm. You're looking at it and you're kind of looking at Club Bruges. I mean, they won away to Porto 4-0 as well. Yeah. Um, they beat Atletico Madrid at home 2-0, which was a surprise one as well. 
But my one was when they went away and they drew nil-nil and they had a red card on their side as well. And Simon Mignolet kept them in the Champions League and kept them literally um, kind of just going for it as well, which is crazy. Because by the time, obviously, Game Week 4 came about, that's when they qualified. Game Week 5 and 6, they didn't have to really care about what was happening. Mm. And they could just rest their play. So Club Rouge are the first Belgium side in years to actually qualify for the next round of the Champions League, which is... I didn't unreal. actually watch too much of this group, so I can't really comment. You're a Ram guy. Yeah. Watch Porto. They're an enjoyable team to watch, I did watch, watch Porto. Man. I watched the last game against Atletico Madrid. They are very enjoyable to watch, yeah. Porto. And anyone listening I, out there as well, make sure I you're watching them, them in dis- February. I saw them destroy Atletico Madrid at home. You watched the best game then, which is good. Yeah. Need to see Simeone in tears. <laughs> right, so we're going down to probably my favourite group of the Champions League and probably a lot of people's most enjoyable neutral side of things as well. Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, Barcelona, Pleasant. Uh-huh. We don't have to talk about Pleasant, perfectly fine. Barcelona. We can all laugh at <laughs> Barcelona. Barcelona, man. PK is retiring today. How bad is that, man? Like, he's retiring today and his last game is on Saturday. That's embarrassing. He's doing it just to help them out of the he's, situation. Really. He's doing that because they want to release him. So he's like, no, yeah. I'm going to take the honourable mention and just retire, which is unbelievable, but... Shout out Gerard Piquet! Shout out, shout out Gerard Piquet for an unbelievable career in professional oh, yeah. football, top Amazing. level footballer for years, and um, just well done and appreciate it. You've been a European one winner. of the best defenders of the last fifteen years. People want to talk about right. Van Dijk. Go look at Gerard Piquet in his prime. Then yeah. come back to me and talk about Virgil Van Dijk. People don't know how good Gerard Piquet was. Gerard Piquet was like the classiest centre back. That we've ever, that we've seen in the past fifteen years. There was a time when you had Carlos Puyol, Sergio Ramos, and Gerard Piquet in a Pins back line for Spain. <laughs> like who who's beating that? No one beat that. No that's one the did. Truth. No one. That's the truth. Two thousand ten. Who beat them? No one. I mean, I think they lost to Chile in the World Cup, but that's it. Um, and then in two thousand twelve Euros, what happened? They won again. Because of that yep. defense, and it was an unbelievable, unbelievable defense. And it's sad to see how it's just Sergio Ramos kind of now just representing that defense from literally our childhood, where we got to watch some of the most amazing players of well, all time. I don't and think he even plays as a regular for Spain anymore, does he? Does he? Does it's not in the squad? No, you remember when we went to the game in the in the Euros, he wasn't in the yeah. squad at all, he hasn't been for a while. They're always going for the youth now, Luis Enrique, and his anti Real Madrid, as you know. so yeah. Eric Garcia and what's the other one he plays? You got Garcia, Laporte. you got Laporte. Um, who else you got? What does he play? Who else plays? I don't know who else he plays. Uh, but yeah, that's it. But shout out Gerard PK. Thank you for the memories. Let's move on because Barcelona, excuse Joke. me, Barcelona, you're out of the Champions League. We'll see you at Old Trafford most likely. Unfortunately, they are the biggest joke of the Champions League. Let's go through some of the players that they actually had in their squad as well. Like, who they actually got. They're the joke because of the players they brought in and what he- they were expecting to do. Let me just run through some of the players they got. So, you got Hector Bayer in this summer. They got Andres Christensen, Marcos Alonso, Jules Kunde, And then, that's just the defence, right? Then you're looking into Frank Kessie on a free. Mind you, he's on a free. You could have got rid of Frankie De Jong and saved a lot of your budget, but you didn't. You got Robert Lewandowski... You got Rafinha as well, and you're just kind of there looking like some from all the big kind of plays. Did anyone kind of stand up? Lewandowski, Lewandowski, and that's it. It's just surrounded by really, clowns. He didn't, really, he didn't really. 
do much like they needed him against Inter Milan. Nothing mm. happened. Nothing happened. He didn't. He didn't do well at the San Zero, Robert Lewandowski, which is nope. unfortunate for him. But didn't you know do who well did? Do, do you know who did do well at the San Zero? His old team, mm-hmm. Bayern Munich, man. Yeah, Bayern Munich. So Bayern Munich, six wins out of six. Unbelievable. I so said good. it to you game week one as well. These are, are going to be a threat this season. So classy. Classy, elegant, so energetic, man. Like you're looking at this team and you're looking at how well this team can go. And you're looking at some of these games when you're actually thinking, you know what? They haven't even left third or fourth gear. You're mm. looking at it and they're just so well drilled. I'm looking at their defenders coming in and out of the team. We're looking at like the little Lucas Hernandez, Benjamin Pavard coming in, Mazuari. And you're like, anyone can play in any position at the back, which is great. Alfonso Davies coming into the side as well. In the front, Sadio Mane coming into that team. Joshua Kimmich just tying it all together. What a joy. Leroy Sane, Mane, should be illegal. But Sane has been one of my favourite players to watch in the Champions League. That goal he scored in the Champions League, the first game. First game. What a touch. What a way to bring it down. What a ball from Joshua Kimmich. My my favourite game in this group was when Bayern Munich played against Barcelona at home. And then yeah. they just silenced Barcelona because Barcelona were going on about it for ages and Lewandowski just could not get the ball in the back of the net, which I thought was unreal. Just broke them. 2-0. It broke Lewandowski. He had so many chances. It just didn't happen for him and it just carried on as well, which is unbelievable. But I'm pretty sure I know your favourite game of this group was probably when Inter Milan played Barcelona as well at home. Oh, yes. Well, both home and away. Mm. The away one was unbelievable, but the home one... The away one, I was just shouting... You idiot! Pass the ball! Oh, I did that on a watch along. It was quite funny. I'm looking at it now thinking, I'd still do that again. Why did he not pass the ball? <laughs> Unbelievable. Shout out Matteo Damien, you know. I love you. What a guy. I know you hate him, but he's Side a good man. guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> Matteo Damien's a good guy. Matteo Damien's going to the next round of the Champions League. Barcelona or not. That's how bad it is right now as well. Which yeah. is like good to see, but... No, I'm expecting Bayern Munich to be up there in the semi-finals, in the finals as well. I think they're going to be a big threat. I'm looking forward to seeing who they can face because out of all the kind of teams that we've got coming up as well, not a lot of them all finish first as well. So as we're going further and further into the next couple of groups as well, some of the teams you expected to finish first, actually didn't finish second, first, yeah. or didn't even get through to the next round. I'm um, interested to see how Inter Milan do in the next round. I want to see who they get. I'd like to see yeah. them against Tottenham, which is the group that we're going to now as well. Tottenham finishing first with the last kick of the game. Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, what a goal. Um, what a finish in that game as well. I have to, I have to very lucky. Uh, yeah, they did a proper smash and grab, a proper European smash and grab. And I think that's, that's what you kind of want in a European performance as well. Like Marseille were playing some really good football. They missed loads of chances as well. But Tottenham with the five at the back, they knew how to just uh, attack and they just did it from the second half. First half, they didn't turn up at all. I was kind of hoping they they don't get in the Europa League and they just finish fourth because Spurs in the Europa League would be a big threat as well. Um, despite what anyone kind of thinks, Spurs are still a very good team. And even with the injuries that they have as well, with Son now as well, Kulisewski, Harry mm. Kane is always going to be a threat. And it's just one of those things that I'm looking forward to seeing how he does post-World Cup and in the next round of the Champions League. But shout out to Frankfurt though. Europa League winners last summer as well, last season, I should say. Mm-hmm. Finishing again with their last kick of the game. Um they have some fantastic players in this kind of in this kind of team as well. And I'm really, really happy to see Frankfurt being one of the German teams represented in the next round as well. Borussia Dortmund, I think, are going to be there as well. But shout out to Kolo Muani as well. Shout out to Kamada. 
We're talking about obviously Rodder, Jesper Lindstrom, what a young player he is as well. But some of the players that this Frankfurt side has are quite enjoyable to watch. But again, from Tottenham, Frankfurt, Sporting Lisbon and Marseille, I know you've got a friend who supports Sporting Lisbon. What was he saying? about? He was disappointed. He was so disappointed. <laughs> I was as well, to be honest. I wanted them to win. To go through. Why? Why? And they had to mess it up. They were in control of that game as well, the first half. Mm. And they That's messed true. it up completely in the second half. Marseille. So did Marseille. Marseille missed it up as well in the second half. It's, it's it UEFA's so good script. So the, good. The script writing from UEFA was getting leaked right there because there's yeah. two games in the same group, which is crazy. But no, we've got we may have sport in Lisbon in the in the next round of the Europa League as well. So that could be a big test for us as well. Marcus Edwards. Mate, Marcus Edwards was a joy to watch in this tournament as well. Such a good player. Could should go on. Let me do let me do a, t- a topic. Should Marcus Edwards be selected for England's World Cup squad? Yes or no? Yes. Let's do it. Let's take him to the World Cup. Let's take him. We need to take him. We need to take Marcus Edwards to the World Cup. We need to take Marcus Edwards to the World Cup. We need someone with a bit of flair, a bit of joy, and a bit of passion, and someone who... You don't have a player like that. We used to, in Jaden Sancho, but it's it's kind of just been kicked out of him, unfortunately. He's kind of just not got the confidence anymore, but... Imagine like having Rashford on one wing and having Marcus Edwards on the other wing. Oh, oh Marcus boy. Edwards through the middle. Edwards through the middle behind Harry Kane. Kane dropping deep. Edwards, Saka, Rashford all going forward. Oh, oh my days. Imagine. Marcus Edwards, you need to be selected for the squad, man. Oh, my days. I, I hope Gareth Southgate's watching him. I hope Gareth Southgate's taking him seriously as well. Because with this 55-man squad with people like Danny Welbeck and Lewis Dunk in it, Marcus yeah. Edwards needs to be selected into this one at least before actually going into the final twenty-six man squad, and he should be a he should be a, a, a shot selection as well, which would be something that I'd like to see. Marcus Edwards, let's let's see you in Qatar, man. It needs to be done. Right, next group: Chelsea versus Milan versus mm. Salzburg versus Zagreb. Zagreb finishing fourth. Salzburg in the Europa League, big team. Are they the team with Benjamin Sesko? I think they are, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Damn it, man. Going to Leipzig. Like, yeah, it's going to Leipzig after literally just all of that. I thought it was a fantastic player to watch as well in this tournament. But for me, in this kind of in this kind of um group, not much to really report back. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really... boring group, wasn't it? It was quite dull, wasn't it? You expected more from Pioli's AC Milan side. I mean they yeah. qualified, but they weren't as enjoyable as last season watching them or the boring. season before. Chelsea are always kind of boring as well. Like, Graham Potter's more exciting than what happened with Thomas Tuchel. But realistically speaking, I'm not going to lie and pretend like I watched a lot of these games. I didn't. No. Mostly AC Milan versus... Um, I think it was AC Milan versus Salzburg, the last kind of game I watched properly from this game. Because on the day, there were kind of better games to kind of watch. And mm. AC Milan winning 4-0 yes, um, the other day. I really like Liao, as you all kind of know as well. Ben Asa, I really like Theo Hernandez, what a player, and obviously Piqueo Tomori, big fan of him. But you're kind of looking at this kind of group and you're thinking, eh. Even Rafa Liao, like, he didn't do much. No. How good he is, but he didn't do anything. It's odd to really see how it's going to go uh, for AC Milan. I don't think AC Milan will go as far as Napoli, and I don't think they're going to go as far I'm... as Inter Milan. Yeah. I think, I think I Inter think... Milan stronger than AC yeah. I would, honestly, if it happens, I would love to see an AC versus Inter Champions League quarterfinal, if it happened. That would be amazing. Because they both finished second, so if they get lucky in the draw and they end up beating two other teams respectively, 
it could happen. That would be a dream. When was yeah. the last time that happened? That was when like Ryu Costa and Masarazzi did that iconic um, picture. Was it that, or was it? Did they play each other after that as well? They play after that as well. I don't know. Um, but no. One question for you before we move on to the next group. So it sounds like we're we're caring about this group as well, which we're kind of not really. How do you think Chelsea will do in this tournament? And don't use the same excuse. Do you think they have it in them to actually get far in this Champions League? No, I don't see them as contenders. Don't see them as being that strong, even in the league. Yeah, even in the league, I think yeah. they'll still get top four with Graham Potter. I think he's a solid manager. I've been a big fan of him for a while now. So I just think they're going to be quite solid for the rest of the season. But I don't see them going to like further than the semi-finals, I think, in my opinion as well. Even semi-finals, I think that's a bit step too far. I just think Chelsea have that recent European pedigree. They have that European experience of going to a final and getting to quarterfinals or semifinals. They just have it within them as well um, to actually do it. So it's going to be good to see how it goes. Next up, Real Madrid's group. The holders, the bad boys of Europe, man. Real Madrid. Royalty with Karen Benzema. What a guy. Real Madrid off route. RB Leipzig are through with all their damn injuries. Shout out Timo Werner. I've enjoyed watching <laughs> Timo Werner this season. And I've enjoyed watching RB Leipzig as well. So it's been quite enjoyable to watch, which is quite fun. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk secured the Europa League position as well. And so, Celtic finishing yeah. fourth um, in the group. Where do you want to start? Leipzig, Real Madrid? What more is it to say about Real Madrid? I mean, have they got better from last season? with the likes of Valverde coming into it a bit more, Rodrigo coming into it a bit more as well. Have Some of these players have better um, seasons than they have in, in previous years. And obviously the new side in Chiumeni and Camavinga coming into it a bit more as well. Have they got better than last season? Have they strengthened that much that you think they're actually quite good? What do you think? If you look at it last season, mm. they had like, I don't know, it was like, you can't say the performances were great. It was just like, Doing Real Madrid. That's how they managed to get through when they just went all the way. Big vibes. Big vibes Benzema. around Madrid. That's what it was. And Benzema. Mm. They had Carry that guy. On. We all love Karim Benzema. What a guy. With his, with his amazing finishes, the headers, the, everything yeah. he does brought it to the party, which is fantastic. They've definitely got more younger. You mean they brought in younger players? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can say that they've got better than last season. Last I've season, heard, they were more think... solid last season. They had Casemiro, too mm. many big thing. Yeah, we have to see and wait how they develop. I wish Spurs finished second because I think Spurs versus Real Madrid would have been on the cards as well. Yeah, that would have been a good game as well. That would have been a good game. Conte versus Ancelotti again. But now I'm looking forward to seeing how Leipzig do in the next round of the tournament as well. They've had a solid season so far as well. They obviously beat Real Madrid recently in the Champions League and they've had a really fun attack to watch. When you're looking at some of these players in this RB Leipzig side as well, like even just for an example, going through some of the lineups as well, who they've had. You've got Andre Silva, you've got Werner, you've got Schlobberslei, you've got Emil Forsberg, Christi, Christopher Nkunku. One of my favourite players to watch in this season's Champions League as well. And last season's uh, Europa League as well. I thought it was fantastic to enjoy. And I keep saying that about a lot of players, but when you're watching some of these players now and you just watch them for who they are, I think they're actually very enjoyable to appreciate what they're actually like. And Christopher Nkunku as well, what a player to enjoy. And 
if there if the rumors are true of him moving to Chelsea, I will be heartbroken. But we see all of these Bundesliga talents ruined at Chelsea, so I'm not looking forward to seeing how it goes. But no, I'm looking forward to seeing how um, RB Leipzig do in the next round of the tournament as well. Now we're on to kind of everyone's favourites, but every season these guys are favourites, but they never actually do it. Manchester City. Man City, Dortmund, Sevilla and Copenhagen. Um, Sevilla going into the Europa League because they know they're going to win the Europa League. I'm saying it now. Sevilla winning the Europa League. Don't compete (laughs) against them. It's inevitable. It doesn't matter who their manager is. It doesn't matter about the players that they have. Ivan Rakitic was smiling at the beginning of the game yesterday because he knows, you know what, we're going to play at Man City once, then we're going to win the the other tournament that we're in. The Europa League is our tournament, so Sevilla you've already won it. To the competition. An emotional bond. They needed needed a warm-up, so they thought, you know what, let's go to the Champions League first. We're going to do it. And then what happens? Third. Oh, what a shame. What an absolute shame. (laughs) In May, we're going to see them celebrate and lifting the trophy again. Which is awful to see. Um, but yeah, congratulations to you. You won the Europe League, as you always do. Um, Bruce Dortmund, Jude Bellingham, talk to me now. Amazing. That's what I got. Best, best English midfielder I've ever I've seen in a long, long time. Ooh, I thought you were going to say of all time. I thought no, you were going to no, slip up. But a long, long time. Long time. An enjoyable guy. That game against Sevilla as well, the 4-1 away. What a joy. Yeah. 19 years old. The captain of your club team at 19 years old. All of his teammates are older than him, apart from Makuku. Yep. Literally, Adeyemi older than him. Emre Chan, Julian Almost. Brandt, Marco Royce is injured as well. Who steps up for Marco Royce after his being injured? Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham is the man. He is the man and he knows it. And he's English. Brexit Bellingham. No, nah, I can't say that. I can't say that at all. No. I can't say that at all. Um, but no, Jude Bellingham, um, Bruce Dortmund. Do you reckon has this is his final season? Do you has think this is stop bringing the World Cup? Has to, has to, has to, has to. We ain't got a chance without him. Just play Ward Prowse and Rice in it. <laughs> Brexit England. Brexit England versus Iran. It's gonna happen. I can see it happening. <laughs> but no, I was gonna say, Jude Bellingham for you. Do you think this is his last season at Bruce Dortmund before the big boys all come in trying to get a signature? I think so. Unless he thinks no, you know what? I'm gonna stay here for one more season. But oh, I don't I think, think he would. Be... He wouldn't be against that because he, he's seen how some of these players have gone about to different clubs and just being another player at Dortmund. You can see he's loved and appreciated. Why would he want to leave? They're giving him everything he wants. But more. then again, someone's gonna come in with a big, 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 big offer for him. Yeah, just hope it's Man United. If if we get if you get Billingham next season, the only signing we kind of need in the midfield that would be. I mean, they spent ninety million on Pogba. Go and spend the same amount of Benningham. Mm. Pogba's in the Europa League. I love it. We'll get to that in a bit. We'll get to that in a bit, <laughs> which will be good fun. Um, but Manchester City, we always talk about Manchester City. We also always talk about how they're big favourites as well. Um, I mean, they already qualified, I think, game week four they qualified. So it's crazy to see how well they actually did draw into Copenhagen in game week four and they still qualified, which is unbelievable. Um, realistically speaking, when Haaland's back, when the team's back together, is there a team out there that can actually stop this Manchester City side, this Pep Guardiola giant of a squad and this amazing strike force that they've got in Erling Haaland? Monster of a striker. There is. What defender mm. can stop Erling Haaland in the Champions League? Answer there me are, There are teams out in the Champions League that mm. can stop Manchester City. But what defender specifically can stop Erling Brandt Haaland? 
I don't know if you can name one specific defender. That's what I'm trying to look for. I'm trying to look for a. But defending as a unit against Manchester City, there are teams out there. Who do you think the best defensive team in the in the Champions League are? Real Madrid defense is pretty solid. Mm. I've upgraded with Rudiger as well. Real Madrid, PSG, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich exactly. Some teams are out there. Um, but it's not well, individual, like you said as well. It's as collectives. Yeah, that's how they do it. I think that's how you stop a team like City. You have to stop them from playing. You have to play anti-football to stop them. Football. Stop the supply lines and you beat them. Mm-hmm. Make sure De Bruyne is not. Make sure that De Bruyne is not left alone for any that's of the ninety the minutes. That's the key to beating Man City. Frustrate them for ninety minutes. Like how Real Sociedad is frustrating Man United today. Yeah. Was it Liverpool great showed how to beat Man City with James Milner. He had Foden in his pocket as he walked out yeah. the stadium. Absolutely crazy, which is crazy. Just frustrate, just frustrate them when you've got a chance. Exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing how Manchester City do in the next round. I think it'll be another one when they get to semi-finals as well. That's what I kind of predict them from here on out. We'll see if they well, find any more plays in the January transfer window as well. Easy run until the semi-finals. They until they meet one of the big, the big boys of Europe. I want them to play Liverpool. That'll be an iconic game in the in the in the Champions League. I want them to see play PSG again. Nah. Right, we're on to PSG's group anyway, which is good. So Benfica, PSG. They could actually play PSG, you know, in the next round. Round yeah. of sixteen. Man yeah. City finishing top, PSG finishing second. That I want to see that tasty. Two-legged tie, Lionel Messi versus Pep Guardiola. Exactly. The master versus the apprentice. That front three, name Messi, Neymar, Mbappe. Even their wing-backs doing really well as well. Ashraf Hakimi, you're looking at Mukulele, you're looking at Nuno Mendes, who scored the other day as well. Mbappe's goal against Juventus was unreal. A fantastic to the enjoy killing Mbappe. numbers for those front three. It's like Messi's got 26 goal contributions. Mm. Haaland's got 25, Messi's got 26. Unreal. You're looking at some of these players as well. And you're just Neymar, looking at them. 20-something goal contributions. You have to look twice at, at them. And you're like, this is Neymar turning up for PSG, which is great to see. He hasn't done it since 2020 in the Champions League, so it's going to be good to see how it goes. Well, Cup, yeah. I think he wants to impress. He wants to do it. He wants to do it. He wants to get in the best form of his life. If Neymar does it, he does it, which is great. But my question to you is, before we move on to Benfica, and obviously Juventus flopping. Ha-ha! <laughs> Unlucky Juventus. Uh, but yeah, before we move on to um, Benfica, PSG, Lionel Messi. Do you reckon it's time that he can actually get into the Champions League final with this team? Do you reckon he can lead them to glory this season? Why not? They've got a great team. They play great football. He's playing great football this season. Yes. This and system got... is suiting Lionel Messi, which is enjoyable. They have a coach that's put together a functional team rather than just a team of superstars. Yeah, trying to fit them all in. Pochettino didn't have that in him in his locker to do it. He's um, now got functional midfielders in that team. And he's got defenders that can defend mm. and play properly. And that's I mean, what we want to see. They've signed ordinary players like Vitinha, Carlos Soler, Rita- um, Renato Sanchez. Renato Sanchez. They're not massive players, they're just functional midfielders. They do the job properly, which makes it easier. So much more convenient for them as well. Um, but yeah, I think PSG. I've said it about a lot of teams, but I think PSG may end up getting to the final this season. I think this is their Into season. PSG. PSG, Man City, round of 16, make it happen, UEFA. We know you listen to Friday Night Counter-Attack. 
we know you match fix some of these these things properly as well. We Get want to see Messi versus Holland. Also, I want to see Messi in England, so I may have to try and get a ticket to that game as well. But no one knows that I'll be going to the Asiat. No one will know. I won't, <laughs> I won't bait that out to anyone at all. Um, Benfica, top of the group. Unbelievable performance. Well done to them. Shout out to Benfica for some of the most amazing football games we've watched in the Champions League this season as well. By a team that I thought were quite big underdogs. Um, yeah. Goncalo Ramos being their top scorer, four goals in the season. Enzo Fernandez, the former River Plate man. Man United are linked with him as well. What a player he's been for them and what a player he will actually be. I think he'll be the next big thing to come from Benfica, as we always see from Benfica as well. Um, always a player coming through from them. David Neves, Neres, sorry, um, kind of replenishing yes. his career at uh, Benfica after faltering away from Ajax as well. So really good to see some of these players. Rafa Silva is a very enjoyable player to watch, as we all know. Very quick, very pacey, got agility on him as well. I'm looking forward to seeing what Benfica could do in the next round. I think with their 22-run game unbeaten streak currently at the moment, why not enjoy Benfica play? Why not go watch a Benfica game? We need to go watch a Benfica game. We need to go to Lisbon. Um, but yeah, um, from all the kind of teams that we've talked about now as well, name your top three plays that you were surprised by in a good way or in a bad way. So we've spoken about every kind of group in the Champions League. But these three players for you from this season's Champions League group stages, who do you think has been your most impressed? Who who have you been most impressed by and why? Hmm. <laughs> Mine's Kovica, number one. I think it's been enjoyable to watch. Yeah, the, the one player. whose name you can't pronounce from Napoli. Yeah, it, it's been a joy but to watch. I've not, I've never seen him before until this season. He's a fantastic uh, player. And I think he's going to go a long way in his career. If he sticks to what he's doing, perfectly fine. I'm going to be really happy to see how it goes as well, which will be very, very enjoyable. Who else is there? Trying to think of someone else. I'm going to go for Timo Werner. I think he's been fantastic to watch. I think he's been, people forget as well, being a squad player at Chelsea, not really getting in the right kind of system for his kind of style of play. Coming into this Leipzig side again after going back to his old club, and really enjoying football again. And we get to see it. We see him score against Real Madrid. We see him scoring against some of these other big teams as well. I'm glad that he's back in the in the goals. I'm glad that we're seeing the best of Timo Werner, especially before the World Cup. I know he's injured. And I know that he's out. But what a, what a great feeling it was to kind of see Timo Werner back to his old kind of self as well. So I'm really appreciative of Timo Werner for what he's done um, for RB Leipzig. And then, yeah, my final player from my top three, I'm giving you time to think here, so you're absolutely fine here, is the centre-back from Benfica, Antonio Silva. He's been a joy to watch. 19 years old, played all six Champions League games as well. He scored a goal as well, which is unbelievable to see. I think he scored against Juventus um, in the game, but his tackling accuracy has been very good to see how it goes. He's got 91% passing accuracy as well, 260 attempted passes, so... We're kind of seeing another young centre-back coming from Benfica's academy coming through the ranks. And you're kind of looking at it thinking, you know what? These kind of plays, they come out all the time from Benfica, from Porto, from Sporting Lisbon, from Braga as well. Portugal is a hotbed for talent. And I, yeah. I, I still think we need to do a, like a whole other episode on this as well. We talk about it here and there, but Benfica have some amazing talented players. And I think Antonio Silva is definitely one of them. So even though I've spoken about attacking players, Antonio Silva... Nicely done, my friend. You've done very well this season in the Champions League. Porto's um, goalkeeper is one. Diego, Diego Costa. Costa. 
Diogo Costa. Diogo, sorry. I was in a Gary Neville there when he calls Diego <laughs> Dallo, Diego Dallo, but it's actually Diogo Dallo. It's like, Diego Yo- Dallo, he's amazing. Go on, Gary. Get your English right there, son. Um, Go on, Gus. But no, uh, did you see his double save in the Champions League? Saving two penalties in a row. Yeah, I saw that Man United were linked with him. And watching him kind of reminds me of De Gea a bit. A bit. The way that he makes the saves with his yeah. feet and cat-like he's, saves. He's got the reflexes there as well. He's got the passing ability. The distribution is right, which is what we yeah. need in a goalkeeper going forward as well. If top teams are going to be moving forward with their style of play, you need a goalkeeper who can be a playmaker. Diogo Costa can be that playmaker as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. I'm looking forward to seeing if we actually go for a signature as well, because it could be a chase between a couple of different clubs as well who are looking for a new keeper. So that's number one for you. Who else have you got on your list? Who else have we got? Um... You've said Kovica. That's fine. I want to think who else I've seen this week. Hmm, impressive. Other than the regulars or the normal ones. Matteo Damian. <laughs> Barilla from Inter but Milan. We didn't even see him. We didn't see him in yeah, person. No. So annoying, man. Why did he not play? Why did they have to bring uh, Gagliardini for instead of Barella? That was an awful choice. But the striker that Ajax have, Mohamed Kudus. Oh... He's one of my top African players to watch in the World Cup as well. That video is coming out soon as well. He's one of my top players to watch. Makes it out of the last of the group, Mm. but he is a striker who's like, wow. Yeah, he's played as an attacking midfielder under Eric Ten Hag before, but now he's playing as a striker under this new manager. So it's powerful to see the finish against Liverpool. Unbelievable! He just ripped it. It's like, wow. What creative spark has been as well, which is great. One player I've liked as well from Shakhtar Donetsk is Mudrik, the winger. What an enjoyable player he is as well. And when you're kind of looking at how silky he is on the ball, how he can slow players down and take... He's got a bit of Eden Hazard about him, I think, Mudrik, the mm. Shakhtar winger as well. When you saw him against Real Madrid, seeing him against Celtic as well. And a very enjoyable player to watch as well. So again, he's been knocked out to the Europa League um, as well. But yeah, those are the kind of players we kind of watch, watch it and quite kind of enjoyed watching as well. Do you, did you think of any Dutch players for our special guest later on? Do you think of any Dutch players that you enjoyed in the season's Champions League? Not really. Yeah, it's quite hard, isn't it? Yeah. It is quite hard. I'm trying to think. Yuri, did not be. Nah, not really. No, he wasn't really that good for Dynamics. No, not at all. He was kind of there like, yeah, there's quite a few, but not a lot. Never mind. We'll leave it there, which is perfectly fine as well. Uh, but yeah, that's been our review of the Champions League group stages. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. And like I said, hopefully we're going to get some good football going forward. And I do want to see Lionel Messi in England one more time for PSG. <laughs> if he's at Anfield, oh, we may have to sneak in there. We may have to sneak into Anfield. If he's at the Etihad, we can't, yeah, tell, we can't tell anyone we're at the Etihad, but we have to go and watch Lionel Messi play in England as well. <laughs> If he's at Chelsea, he'll be boring, but I'm not going to Chelsea at all. And I'll go into Chelsea, man. I can't be doing that. That's that's too much money. I can't be doing that. But if he's at Spurs, PSG versus Spurs, oh my god. Actually, no, that they're too much money as well. London clubs, man, you're too you're too expensive. Too, too expensive for some of these tickets. And got yeah. to be the Etihad. Yeah, it's got yeah, actually it has to be. Or if we it, see... it won't be the it won't be Anfield because they finished second. So what if, what if you see PSG versus Inter Milan or AC oh. Milan? 
You've got to go to the stands here to watch Messi again. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. Yeah, okay, but they did We're still members, so it's cool. <laughs> it's true. We're, we're actually still members, which is cool. Either one of the home sides would get ripped apart if it's AC or Inter. It doesn't matter. We'll be watching Messi at the San Siro, <laughs> like we originally wanted to see as well. Oh, my days. What is this? What is this? And, and st- talking of Lionel Messi as well, I recently bought an Argentina kit, so I'm going to be repping Argentina. Um, my favourites for the World Cup. So yeah, we'll be talking about that a lot more coming up. And we actually are talking about it in the next part of the episode as well, because I'm really looking forward to speaking to um, our special guest, PSV, uh, Wonder Kid, Iggy Huben, about the Netherlands as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. But um, before we wrap up this part of the podcast, I want to say thank you, Adel, for your time today. And if I can get one answer from you, it is who's going to be top scorer of the Champions League this season? Oi. Oi. It's not Lewandowski. Lewandowski's not going to do it. He ain't going to do it anymore. He can't Oi. do it. We'll see him in the Europa League. Mbappe. Mbappe. Oh. Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe. You know what? Let's see who actually is a top scorer of the Champions League so far as well. Is it Haaland? I think it is Haaland. He played like three games and he bounced. (laughs) It's actually true. He played three games and he bounced. Which is is unbelievable. Um, Who is it? I think it is Kylian Mbappe and Mohamed Salah. Salah Salah scored a hat-trick in five minutes. My day is Mohamed Salah. Let's have a look. Yeah, Kylian Mbappe seven, Salah yeah, seven, Salah. Taremi five, Haaland five, Messi four. Messi's got four assists as well. Go on, you know what? I'm gonna back Mohamed Salah on this. This is why you shouldn't be celebrating Christmas, but Mohamed Salah don't celebrate Christmas anymore. <laughs> You're not in the World Cup anymore. No, that's I don't think I don't think Salah will go deep enough to be top scorer. I think that, that's why I think I think Liverpool will go to like quarterfinal semi-finals, but that's why I mentioned about Darwin Nunes. They rely more on Mohamed Salah more than anything. But it's gonna be a good one. I'm going to back Mohamed Salah. But then again, I backed Mohamed Salah for the Premier League um, goal scorer. And then Haaland kind of is already. So you know what? We'll leave it to the audience as well. Who's going to score more goals in this season's Champions League? Kylian Mbappe or Erling Haaland? I'll back Haaland. I know you're backing Mbappe. But we'll leave this as a question for tomorrow as well, which will be good fun as well. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good tournament. And it's going to be a good second half of the season as well. So, yeah, like I said, everyone, thank you very much for listening to this part of the podcast. Stick around for part two with uh, PSV Wonder Kid Iggy Huben. Adel, thank you for your time as always. Start booking some holidays so we can go to watch Lionel Messi play somewhere in Europe. That should be good. Like, actually do it now. Start looking at flights. Right now. now. Start looking at flights. No, let's go to Paris. Let's go to Paris instead. I'm not going to Paris. I'm never going watch. to Paris ever again in my life. Just to watch PSG. We go there, watch the game, come back home. Haram things. We can't go to Paris. We can. We can't go to Paris. We can. Just to see Messi. I don't ever want to go to Paris again in my life. Got PTSD <laughs> from it. Got PTSD. I'm not saying Paris City. I'm saying the... I don't know how to say the name. Parc de Princess. Parc de Prince. Yeah. Nah, we go, we'll rather go to an away game or we're not going to watch Paris. I can't... I, I don't want to do it. I'd rather go to watch Messi in Qatar. That's that's me. But yeah, we do need to watch Lionel Messi one more time. I don't I don't want to go to the Etihad. I think we have to. <laughs> we'll be wearing hoodies. We'll be wearing hoodies and everything. Like we don't know this guy. We don't know. We've never been here before. But yeah, everyone listening, thank you very much for this part of the podcast. See you on part two. Take care and goodbye. <laughs>